This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Uh, it's just another dreary day in the neighborhood here in Western North Carolina outside the Ingalls studio. It's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and right here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. Happy Wednesday to everybody. Happy Schedulemas, everybody. It's Schedulemas. That's right. The NFL schedule comes out tonight. We've got leaks galore. Man, there there are some front offices that apparently do not uh, have a very tight lid on things. Uh, yeah, if the jet schedule is what I've seen, Ian, <laughs> uh, sign me up for that right now. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I try to I try to keep him grounded, folks, but it just doesn't work. Uh, you agreed with me. I did agree with you. There there seem to be several winnable games, which on I'm that jet a schedule. big fan of. Big fan. Oh, I'm sure you are. And they're going to open up their season in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers. Woohoo! Unfortunately, Jeremy's not going to get his opportunity to see his team uh, play in the local region twice this year because they were supposed to be at the Atlanta Falcons in Week 5, but that game's going to be moved to London. Oh. <laughs> I'd already planned it out. I was going to be in the DJ booth just... <laughs> Spinning tracks, just living my best life in Atlanta and London. Yep. They just ripped that one right away from you. So we do know that the uh, Carolina Panthers are going to open up the season uh, on September the 12th against the New York Jets. Sam Darnold against his old team. It's going to be revenge game narrative. And I'll be honest with you, I don't really like your chances. You should. Zach Wilson's debut in mm-hmm. Charlotte mm-hmm. against a better team. They're mm-hmm. better. Okay. It's right. not as by as drastic an amount as you want to claim that it is. I, I'm, I'm not saying it's a large margin. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they are a better team. Uh-huh. And that'll be Sam Darnold's first game in that system. This is true. And I'm just saying, the- I, I, all I'm saying is there's a chance. There's a chance <laughs> that we could be the, you know, like five and one New York Jets. Uh, Six yeah. games into the season. Yeah, the very yeah, it is a very easy start to the schedule for you guys. You get the, you get the Patriots twice in that five game stretch. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for it because you know you're not winning both of those games, right? I think Bill's going to have something to say about especially the one in Foxborough. I am looking forward to dissecting the schedule. Yes. And 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 putting our win-loss numbers on all of them. Uh-huh. Uh, you will be able to find those in the Sportsocracy, our YouTube channel. Be sure to like and subscribe yep. live weekday mornings at 9 a.m. Yep. Uh, uh, we'll be on team by team through the schedules tomorrow and Friday. Mm-hmm. 
Because we will not be here tomorrow and Friday. Right. Correct. Right. Okay, I just want to make sure. Yes, we will not be here tomorrow. Braves baseball tomorrow. And then I have to be out of town this weekend for my nephew's graduation in Tennessee. So Jeremy's taking the opportunity. Just, you know, if, if somebody's here, not here to push the buttons, Jeremy has no way to get it on the air. So. Yeah, Jeremy doesn't know how to push the buttons. <laughs> and Jeremy has never jumped up to learn how to push the buttons. Right. Because I can't walk and chew gum at the same time, so to talk and do all of the things that Tank does would right. probably not end well. Right, so yeah, th- today is going to be our last show here on ESPN Asheville for this week. We'll be back with you on Monday, but uh, coming up tonight, we will be live in the Wicked Weed studio on YouTube, live reactions to the full schedule release as it comes out from the NFL. So again, be sure to subscribe to the channel and join us every time we are live in the Wicked Weed studio, which includes the usual show, weekday mornings at 9-ish. 9-ish. The season, obviously, is going to start out with a huge celebration down in Tampa with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers getting their Super Bowl rings. And here's the thing. You don't have to bring anybody in for this one. Uh, who we got to do? We got to put Joe Haig on a plane for one day so he can come down and get his Super Bowl ring. Everybody else is going to be in the building uh, to, <laughs> to get their rings against the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday, September the 9th. Man, I can't wait for you to be 0-1 just so I can stop that. Just so I can thoroughly enjoy Oh, how about the fire those cannons? By golly, put more powder in those things. <laughs> the Bucks open I up. I hope you go two and fifteen. I guess well, it's you know that's not. I'm well aware, okay. but right, I, I can just, hope. You can one can A hope and can dream. Yeah, you just you just want me to what? You want to be able to give me as much crap as I gave you last year about your Jets? Is that what this is? Well, here's the thing. I went back and and looked at our win loss projections for every team. Oh, we were off on the Jets big time. Uh, we both were. Mm-hmm. I only missed it by one more game than you did. This is true. You had seven. I had eight. They won two. Ooh. And shouldn't have won those two. No. That cost us Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> who now gets to throw passes to Tim Tebow. Right, right. But again, we will be live for the schedule release tonight. Live reactions in the Sportsocracy. Hope you join us and uh, join us in the comments. And, uh, you know, we'll be analyzing the schedule going down team by team. Coming up the rest of the week in the Sportsocracy. So your team's full schedule will have its own video on the Sportsocracy channel. We'll go down the full complete list, give you our predictions, uh, early predictions for the season. Our way too early win-loss total. Absolutely. And based on last year, we're going to be pretty accurate. Except when we're not. Right. (laughs) When we're wrong, we're really wrong. wrong. The good thing is if we say your team's going to win four games, there is... No less than a fifteen percent chance that you're going to win twelve. <laughs> so, did we have one of those? Uh, we both had a few that were pretty ugly. Okay, all the right. Jets was the worst that we did collectively. All right, the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles was pretty ugly. Yes. Now, granted, we didn't know that Carson Wentz was going to be, you know, behind just five dudes in uh-huh. Philadelphia. Uh huh. And we didn't know that Dak Prescott was going to get his uh, leg disembodied. No, we and we didn't. But now if you take those away, then we're pretty good. I mean, we hit a lot of teams. Pretty accurate. Right. But, man, those, those bad ones, <laughs> they were ugly. Uh, the week one schedule came out this morning just before we went on in the sportsocracy. And there are some fantastic week one games. Yep, and the, none of the, you know what they all have in common? 
What's that? None of them are on Fox. <laughs> Poor Fox. That's true. He must have just like, ah, we'll 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 take some games. Right. You can put all the good ones on other networks, but we'll take a few. CBS gets Steelers, Bills, Jets, Panthers, Jaguars, Texans, uh, Cardinals, Titans, Chargers, Washington football team, uh, the Browns and the Chiefs, and the Patriots and the Dolphins. Fox, on the other hand, gets the Eagles and the Falcons, the Seahawks and the Colts, the Vikings and the Bengals. You get it. (laughs) 49ers, Lions. Broncos, Giants, Packers, Saints. Every one of those games is awful. <laughs> it's almost like they just looked at Fox and went, mm, no. you're going to have to take one for the team. No, not, not every one of them is awful. Name me the game that's not. I think the Seahawks-Colts has a potential to be a decent game. Okay, that's the one decent one. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. All of the rest of them are either two terrible teams or one good team and one bad team. The Broncos and the Giants. Two terrible teams. I, I just said that. Two terrible teams. You you think the Jets the, the Giants are terrible? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, is this As a, a is, is this fact, a, is this a Baker Baker Mayfield thing? Is this is are, are you taking that stance with the New York Giants now? As long as Daniel Jones is their quarterback, they're never going to be good. I mean, you're in the ballpark. Okay, that's certainly not hurting anything. I mean, you can have the nicest car in the world, and if you let uh, your Labradoodle drive it, probably not going to be on the straight and narrow. Speaking of weird things driving cars, I have a fun story about that in weird news. Oh. The bottom of next hour. That should be fun. Hilarious. (laughs) First Monday night football game of the year. It's going to be the Ravens and the Raiders. The first game at the uh, Allegiant Stadium with fans in the stands. That should be a very hot ticket in week one. Ravens at the Raiders. We're not having these uh, doubleheader Monday night football games. I heard, I, heard, uh, I heard one of the analysts this morning bemoaning that we're not getting doubleheader Monday night football. That's not, that's not something that I'm really going to miss. I, oh, I am. I'm, I'm very angry about really? it. Really? 100%. Hundred percent. I'm angry about it. No, that was one of my favorite nights of the year. I'm too old now. I'm too old. I can't stay up for the second game that starts oh, at ten o'clock. The Curmudgeon-y baseball fan. Right. I like my games to start at noon. <laughs> Can we get a noon game on a Monday? <laughs> I just why why I does that do take not surprise me from you? I can't. I can't do it. I can't stay up late and watch the second Monday night football game anymore. So I'm not going to miss it at all. Uh, see the, the the opening week of the NFL is like five days of Christmas. And you have robbed me of the leftover plate Uh, the night after Christmas. starting to see now. And I'm not happy about it. (laughs) No leftover turkey sandwiches for you. No. But you know what I will be? Week one of this year? On the sideline with my two new best friends, Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold. (laughs) Uh, I know you're super excited about that. I am very excited that that game is week one. I'm going to find a way to get ridiculous access to that game. Mm-hmm. I don't. I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet, but I'm gonna. You got. You got some connections. You got some friends. I have connections on from both teams. Oh yeah. And I'm going to pit them against each other like a battle of gladiators. Oh, so this is like, going to be. Oh, like- I mean, your press pass is cool, <laughs> but he's throwing. He's talking sidelines. So. 
you know, I'm going to need you to bring a little bit more. Like you're being recruited in 100%. college. 100%. If I, if I, literally, if I do this the right way, I might, get, I might get to call a couple plays. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe how much is coming out about this. Like, like normally, you will see the, the leaks come out of, you know, oh, we're hearing this game's going to be this, you know. You're hearing games every now and then. I have never seen before. CBS is sharing out. They've got a, a, a live feed going right now where they're sharing out actual, looks like they stole them off somebody's printer that had documents with stamped in the middle of it, NFL confidential, solely prepared for X team, whatever it is. Love it. And, and you know, I can tell you exactly why this is happening. This is the NFL just asserting its dominance over everything else. This is true. Have we talked about anything else today? No. Are no. we going to talk about no. anything else today? No. 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 <laughs> we, we won't talk about it. Serena. So Serena lost her thousandth match. Analysis not to follow. Right. Uh, there it is. That's oh, what you got. Brianna Stewart's getting her own shoe. Uh, the uh, Some five-star recruits going to Milwaukee over Duke and Virginia. Woo! Now that... You'll hear more about in just yeah, a second. Yeah, we'll talk about that because this is not the first time that's happened, and it hasn't necessarily gone well the other times. Right, right. No, the uh, you know NFL, the NFL knows how to rule the the news cycle, and this is what they do so well. And you started at seven o'clock in the morning by rolling out the week one games or having the you know I think it was the networks. The networks were the ones that released their week one games mm-hmm. because the NFL said, "Hey, go ahead and start the ball rolling on this big release thing tonight." And so they did. And so they started out with week one. They give you every matchup for week one. And then throughout the day, you just start getting little sprinkles of what's going on. We've got all the Thanksgiving games. You're going to have the Bears and the Lions, the Bills and the Saints, the Cowboys and the Raiders. Those are going to be your Thanksgiving days. There's no Cowboys? No, the Cowboys are hosting the Raiders on Thanksgiving. Oh, you said that weird. Did I? Yeah. I'm sorry. You said a team. You didn't say Cowboys the first time. Mm, Read okay. that again, because you said Bills and the Saints is what I heard. Yeah, Bears and the Lions, the Bills and the Saints, the Cowboys and the Raiders. Okay, you said the Cowboys not in their time slot because they play at four o'clock. Gotcha. So I was expecting to hear Cowboys, and then I just I didn't hear anything else. <laughs> and hear that, and I went, wait a minute, I got Lions. <laughs> I got no, I got no Cowboys. Yeah, no, the Cowboys and the Cowboys and the Raiders. Uh, that would be, what you just did was basically like going lions and tigers and Maseratis. Oh my! <laughs> okay, you still said it all together, but you threw a word in there that I wasn't expecting. Right uh, on Christmas Day, we're gonna have the Browns and the Packers in Green Bay. You know what? You, you know what that is, right? What's the, that? The Christmas Day game. What day is Christmas on this year? Because I, I honestly don't even. I have no that. clue. Well, let's just look, shall we? Uh huh. Because I don't actually know what day Christmas is on, but I have noticed this will be the second year in a row that we've had a. It's on Saturday. Okay. I thought it was on Saturday last year. It might have been. I, to be honest with you, I don't even remember last Christmas. Time has gone at such a snail's pace that I don't remember one year from the next. <laughs> it's just one amorphous blob, and every like three hundred sixty-five of these days. Uh, somebody puts a tree right. in my house and there's presents under it. Right. So that cool. That's that's how it works for me. No, I think it was Friday and then everybody played on Saturday. That's that's what I think it was. That's, what that's it was. exactly what it was. Yeah. This is the NFL going, Hey NBA, you know how you think Christmas is your day? <laughs> Bet you it's not. Yeah, not anymore. Bet it's not. Bet it's ours now. 
Because that but that Packers Browns game mm-hmm. will outrate all four NBA primetime games combined. Yep. Packers Browns the the Browns will outrate every NBA game combined. You're not wrong, but it's not because you can't. I mean, I guess because we have our historical biases about the Cleveland Browns. Oh, we you mean the think, historical oh, bias that the they've been horrible forever? Yeah, they're Super Bowl contenders. Ah, you know, I don't know I go that far. I'm willing to give you some leeway. <laughs> well, let's not go crazy. If you had to pick six teams in the AFC, the Cleveland Browns six, are one There's of them. not six Super Bowl contenders in the NFL. Why would I pick six in one conference? You want me to? Oh, you want me to pick six teams? Okay, let's see. Uh, fun game. Let's go. Chiefs, Bills, Buccaneers. Hmm. I got to pick Rams. Yeah. Oh, I want to pick another team from that division, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Packers. Ravens. There you go. I would give all six of those a better chance to win a Super Bowl than, than uh, Cleveland. I don't even think the Ravens are going to win their division. Oh boy, that's that's going to be a fun one. Uh, you had a fun, spicy take when we did this last year about the Falcons beating the Packers, and how did how did that go? <laughs> <laughs> a year later, I'm still taking the victory. Still, lap on still that. trying to. Yeah, huh. that's the reason I was never. That's the reason I never played baseball because I'd hit a home run and it'd take me nine hours to run around the bases. Mm-hmm. Just be walking it out from first to second. Who's shocked by that? Not, nobody. Honestly. Nobody. Uh, that's, oh, oh, that's who oh, I am. They've added one, apparently. Apparently, they've added another Christmas Day game, according to We this. have two? Apparently. Um, this is the greatest schedule miss ever. Colts and the Cardinals. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Hey, guess what? Uh, the NFL NBA, now rules uh, Christmas Day. Yeah, NBA, uh, you can have Christmas Eve. Yeah, well, it's, it's Friday. We don't care. Browns and the Packers and the Colts and the Cardinals. Uh, yep, could be a doubleheader on Christmas. The the NBA is turning into this amorphous blob that basically just takes up the whole calendar, and then they they throw a bone from like I don't know Monday. I would say Monday kind of starts everything else's ability to steer the news cycle. Right. And then they swoop back in after all the holidays, after the July 4th holiday, and they're like, well, we're back. Yeah. Hope you had fun. Pretty much. It's like parents going out of town and leaving their children in charge. Like, just don't <laughs> blow the house up. That's all That's all you have to do. Right now, we're just following the breadcrumbs on the NFL schedule. We are trying to, uh, we're trying to figure out where all the pieces are going to fall, and of course, tonight, the big release. Uh, I, I have to say something before we take a commercial break. Okay. Anytime that we have parents that, 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 give their give our show to their children uh there are two that listen virtually every day uh david hips and his son alex okay uh they're at the bus stop waiting on the sister and and i just feel like this is birthing a young sports fan from from a very young age and i have to give you credit for that so much credit to david great job and and thank you for listening and thank you alex hips for listening as well (laughs) Absolutely. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. This is G. Decker, voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Sports Tank. 
fire them cannons. By golly. More powder in those things. Oh, you knew it was coming. I hate that button more than I hate anything in life. <laughs> you knew it was coming. The NFL 2021 season will be kicking off on Thursday, September the 9th, down in Tampa as the Buccaneers get their Super Bowl rings and they'll take on the Dallas Cowboys. What... To me, it's just it's just more proof that the NFL knows exactly what it's doing. That they just knock this thing out of the park every chance they get. They put, quote-unquote, huge quote-unquote, America's team going up against the defending Super Bowl champions in Dak Prescott's first game back from his horrific leg injury last year. It doesn't get any better than that for me. No, I mean, and that's, that's the thing. is you know The NFL at this point is as autopilot as it gets. Let's just throw in a couple ideas every now and then, and we'll just keep doing what we do because we're doing this obnoxiously well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, all, all the other week one games that we have scheduled, uh, many of them fantastic, fantastic matchups. And of course, you hear, hear more on this tonight in the Sportsocracy. We'll be live with uh, our reactions to the official release of the schedule uh, coming up tonight on YouTube. Be sure and to it, check us out at youtube.com slash the sportsocracy. And that's a little more informal. You'll get to, you know, we just kind of, oh, we, yeah. we let our hair down. We, yeah. we got our, our friends with us. Uh, by the way, that's not the show that the uh, the, the four-year-old at the bus stop should be listening to watching. No, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, that may not be the, that may not be the one. It starts with a mature audience warning. So. Yes, it does. It you know, that's, that's that's where you get to say all the things that you, I went absolutely ham on Jacksonville this morning. You did. I I am so ridiculously tired of uh, of of hearing about Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll be honest with you. Tim Tebow's name in three days has become as annoying as that Gene Deckeroff button has been. Which I love Gene. It's uh-huh. not Gene. It's right. Not Gene's fault. Right. Not Gene. It's just it's, the it's, stupid it's, it's look tanks, that I get on my face. It's Tank's use of the button that makes me so angry. <laughs> I love Gene Deckeroff. But I, I am so tired of this story. Mm-hmm. And I want you I, I have to do three minutes on this okay. before we do just about outside. Okay. If it was not for – if it wasn't that you had just drafted Trevor Lawrence, the best quarterback prospect that I have ever evaluated – Ever. And yet the quarterback we're talking about is playing tight end. If you're Trevor Lawrence, do you not just look around and go, what in the world have I walked off into? Like, what, have, what bizarre world did I get into here? Of I, I, I'm Trevor Lawrence, right? Like, I'm the guy that's never lost a regular season game in my life. And we're talking about the outfielder for the Mets AAA team. Mm-hmm. Is there another team in all of the NFL that would do that? No. No. The Eagles, the Texans, the Lions, the teams that I have crushed for the Bengals wouldn't even do this. Right. But the Jaguars, we got to sell some jerseys, get some tickets. And of course, you've got the cartoon owner that that looks like a villain from some awful James Bond movie. Uh-huh. And you've just got this whole combination of things. And it's like, why are you still a team? Why did, Were you not supposed to move to London like four years ago? <laughs> but this is... If they had moved to London four years ago, you right. know what I would have gotten? What's that? I would have been in, in Atlanta, on the <laughs> tables, just with the DJ, living my best life. And you know who I blame for that? Sean Conn. There you go. That's the one. And now Urban Meyer. You're guilty by association. You think he's standing in the way? 
if they just moved to London and gotten out of the way. <laughs> but instead, no. It's a it's a stadium half full of people look like me with their mullets and their canned beers and well, their I, jorts. Well, I'm glad you went down that path because that's actually why this story matters. That's that I, I mean, it matters to them in that little market because I mean this is the hometown kid and you know think about how much Jacksonville embraced Gardner Minshew last year. Right? Uh Gardner or, Minshew is very uh, embraceable. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I, I mean I mean I get it, but that's kind of my point. Gardner Minshew is what I want to grow up to be in spite of the fact he's 10 years younger than me. A move like this from Urban Meyer plays to the fan base. It's a college fan base. It only is in the NFL, you know, by association. It's like they paid their way in. It's a college team that paid its way into the NFL. And so they get, you know, they get some headlines every now and then. But it's really the goofy stuff that they're going to be remembered for. And I know that's not where you want to be as a franchise. Nobody wants to be that guy. Except for maybe Shad Khan. Maybe if he becomes a big enough laughing stock in the NFL, then it'll uh, you know make the move to England that much easier whenever it happens. Because I you, you're never going to convince me that that's not going to happen at some uh, point. It, you should if it's going to happen, it already happened. You think so? I'm just I, I'm so over. Th- th- there's so many little sub stories in the NFL. And it's it goes to a larger narrative to me. And I know people think that I'm just the anti-baseball guy, and I don't want to talk about any sport but football. There's a very simple reason for that. If you consumed all of these other things, and you put your dollars and your eyeballs behind them, we'd talk about them. But you don't. Mm-hmm. Because we do a show with the intention of appealing to the most people. Mm-hmm. At this point, that means your content has to be 90% football. And what what that does is it leads to things like this. Leads to things like this and Aaron Rodgers trade. What would a trade package for Aaron Rodgers look like? And it's all ridiculous. Right. Every bit of it is outlandish and doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you really think we want to talk about? Well, do you think the Raiders would give up two ones and two twos, Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers? No. <laughs> you think I want to talk about Tim Tebow playing tight end? No. Because I've already seen it. One play. That's what it took. Yeah. One, yeah, and it's easy. It, it, it's it's easily easily located uh, out there. You can you can do a quick quick Google search for the one pass uh, or the one route, I guess, that Tim Tebow ever ran. Yeah, I've never looked it up on YouTube, and I'll tell you exactly what the title is going to look like. Tim Tebow gets thumped in head with football. <laughs> Hands out for ball that's nowhere near them. He, he only speaks the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Ugh. I, that was literally my whole drive to work this morning. Was, yep. Tim Tebow, do you think he can make the roster? No. No. It's a publicity stunt. And I get that the big guys don't want to say that and come out and you know feel like they're going to hurt somebody's feelings. But I feel like you kind of need to call this out, don't you? I mean, when you've got an owner of an NFL team that is just... You know, letting minor league things happen. He's a pro wrestling promoter. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. He owns a pro wrestling association. Right. 
And, and that's what this is. But you kind of need to call them on the carpet for yeah, that. I, I will give you the best comparison I've ever... I don't watch wrestling. Tank is the one that does pro wrestling, so I don't know <laughs> the, the things. So Dude. I have to go back to when I'm a child. You remember when they brought in Mike Tyson to fight Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yep. That's the same thing the Jacksonville Jaguars just did with Tim Tebow. Like, look, those people that don't care, you like Tim Tebow because he's so likable. And women think he's attractive and dudes want to be him. And uh, No. This is the NFL. You don't have to do that. You know who has to do that? Baseball teams. Oh, we're giving away a bobblehead. We got 14 free bats for you today. Just don't take about the parking lot. Beat each other senseless with them. Oh, come on. The NFL teams do giveaways, too. Not like That's not what they put on the headline of the banner. That's true. It's like, oh, uh, you want to come to a football game? Ah, we'll throw you a Rally we'll give towel. You a, yeah, we'll give you a towel. <laughs> you like a towel? Here, you can soak up that beer that dude's going to spill on yeah, you in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, 100%. Take this and wipe <laughs> off your forehead because it's Jacksonville and you're sweating. <laughs> You've been drinking PBR since lunch yesterday, so, yeah, you know. Oh, that's coming. Just wait for that one. Oh, 100%. That's coming. Everybody who comes to the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium gets a free PBR. Oh, boy. With Tim Tebow's face on it. And a, and a keychain. Also with Tim Tebow's face on it. <laughs> and an airbrush t-shirt. Also with Tim Tebow's face on it. Wait, is this Jacksonville or Myrtle Beach? Wait, they're different? <laughs> I didn't know those two places weren't the same. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. Oh, one of the top five recruits in the nation in the 2021 class has spurned Duke, has spurned Virginia, and Georgetown. It's a whole different level when you're talking about Georgetown. But Patrick Baldwin Jr. has decided that he is going to stay at home to go to college. He is going to go and join his father, who is the head coach of UW-Milwaukee. It is, he is the highest-rated prospect ever in the Horizon League. Shocker. <laughs> who was the? Uh, uh, let me ask you a question. Who did that distinction belong to right. before Patrick Baldwin Jr.? I don't know who the highest recruit they had, but they have they did have one lottery pick come out of the Horizon League. Do you know who it was? Uh, out of the Horizon League? Yep. I don't even know what teams are in the Horizon League. Well, this team's no longer in the Horizon League. It's Butler. It's Butler. Uh, Adam Morrison? No, Gordon Hayward. Adam Morrison went to Gonzaga. Oh, <laughs> You're a hundred percent right. I am a hundred percent right. Yeah, yeah. Gordon Hayward was the uh, only lottery pick to come out of the Horizon League, and of course, that's going to change with this kid because Patrick Baldwin Jr. is apparently, according to what NFL or no, what is it? NBA NBA Draft. No, it's Draft guy. Express. It's DraftExpress.com. Chad Gidroy. Yeah, he's the one that says he he's got him ranked like eighth. In the next mm-hmm. NBA class. And, and he'll go in the top 10. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this kid for years. I mean, this is a high level recruit that's going to a very small school. So he's going to put up numbers. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, d- does this bother you? It doesn't bother me. I, I, I mean, I, I kind of get it. The kid wants to go and play for his dad. He's only going to be in college one year anyway. So who better to entrust your development with? Then your father, the guy who taught you how to shoot a basketball. He says his parents had nothing to do with 
this with, with the decision that his parents left it up to him to make the decision on where he wanted to go to school and he sprung it on him he walked into the room and said hey i got some news to share with you just want to let you know i made my decision and i'm going to come play for you and then immediately his dad started crying and had to leave the room which of course you would as 100%. a father <laughs> I mean, I get misty-eyed just thinking about it. Uh, If your kid comes to you and says, I want to play for you, that's going to touch your soul in a special way. And so, anyway, he's decided to stay home. And, and yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Do I think that he could get better coaching from Tony Bennett or Mike Krzyzewski? Yeah, probably. However, I don't know. Mike didn't do a whole really good job this past year, and Tony Bennett doesn't doesn't want to let my offense shine. So what am I to do? Go to a place where I'm going to be embraced by the head coach, I'm going to be the star, and he's going to have my well-being number one because not only am I on his team, but I'm his son. I will say this for Wisconsin-Milwaukee. They have a tremendous history of coaches. They do. That's where Bruce Pearl came from. That's where Bruce Pearl came from. That's where Bo Ryan came from. That's right. That's also where Lavelle Jordan came from. Uh-huh. Uh, it's also where Bob Gottlieb was the head coach. Mm. Uh, f- father of Doug Gottlieb. Mm-hmm. That's impressive for a little small school in, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yep. I, it doesn't bother me. I just, it's so weird that we still have. And, and I don't know. I don't claim to know anything. Okay. I'm just, it's a little ironic that Pat Baldwin winds up as the head coach somewhere just a few years before his son comes along. That's all I'm saying. Now, it's a, okay. it's a market. Right. I, 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 I have much more of a problem when it's an assistant that was hired nine minutes before he got there. Right. I'm going to say they, they would have had to have had a lot of foresight. Right. Because he was hired in, what, 2017. Mm-hmm. So, the kid would have been about a freshman in high school. Yeah, he'd have been eighth grader. I don't know if well, you can tie those thing. knots together to say that that was a a factor. I think we might be able to. Just saying. I mean, I think it's an we added, the, it's it's an added, added bonus. Added, there you go. It's right. an added bonus. I'm not going to say it's why he's there. Right. Just saying, you've been there for four years. Your record's gotten worse almost every year. Mm-hmm. And then your five star number four recruit in the country son shows up and. We're, we're just being patient. Right. We'll we're see, just but being there, patient. But but there again, this is also I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pay dad back for all the attention he's given me and for teaching me how to play the game. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna start for his team. And you know what? I'm gonna take him to an NCAA tournament. I'm intrigued to see I, I, so we've only seen this one time before that I remember of a recruit that was and he wasn't this high level, but he was a top twenty five recruit. Okay. And I want to say he was a McDonald's All American. Okay. Ray McCollum Jr. did this exact same thing. So he played for his dad Detroit. at Detroit Mercy. Yeah. Uh, and I will tell you this. There were NBA teams that held it against him. Just throwing it out there. I'm not saying it's going to happen again. But it was held against him that he had always been coached by his dad. You don't know. There's a lot of variables there. Mm-hmm. And it was held against him. And then he got to the league and he just wasn't flamed out. Well, I'm not going to. He was in the league for a minute. He still plays for the Greensboro Swarm, I think. Right. In the, in the G League. Yeah. It was just his game had never developed. So he had holes in his game that didn't make any sense. And he had been coached by his dad forever. So, you know, that's. 
I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth. I'm just saying mm-hmm. I've seen this one time before, and I hope it doesn't happen to this kid. That's the best way go. I could say that. Uh, I think this, I've been dancing around that for three right. minutes, so let me just come out and say it the way I want. I think this kid will get more. Uh, he, he'll get more of a break on it because of the G League stuff. I really do. You got so many top recruits that are just going to play in the G League and collecting their checks. I'm shocked that that hasn't been more of a thing mm-hmm. for for the upcoming year. All right. As of right now, there's think, only one. I think for the most part, I mean, kids and their advisors at this point are kind of going, let's let's hold off. Now's not the time for you. You know, we don't know if this is going to work. We don't know how this Ignite team is going to affect these guys coming in. So now's not the time. Your best role is to go to college. Yeah. I you mean, know, in a couple of years when they're advising another high school kid, it'll probably be a different story because you'll have more information. I, if I was advising a, a top prospect right now, I wouldn't tell them to go that route. There's too much unknown about the impact on your draft status if you go with that Ignite team. Well, I can tell you, uh, there were some high-level recruits. The two highest-level recruits have stayed where they were, and the others have fallen like rocks. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Uh, that You look at Isaiah Todd, Deshaun Nix, none of those guys are projected to be first-round picks right now. Really? No. And that's exactly what I told you. Mm-hmm. Because you go play against grown men. Because, the, I mean, there are guys like Jeremy Lin's in the G League. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that took over the NBA for nine minutes. <laughs> but I think it was six but, weeks. But, but, but well, you know what they did? Exactly what I told you they were going to do. They took the deficiencies in these kids' game and they multiplied them. Because every one of them now, it's like, oh, who are they going to defend in the NBA? They can't defend anybody. Right. So you, you didn't develop your defensive game under a coach that could teach you that mm-hmm. you were playing for a guy that was coaching for his job. You don't have to worry about that with the Mike Krzyzewski's and even Patrick Ewing to, to a degree, Tony Bennett's guys like that. They're not coaching for their job. They're very safe. Right. So they can really put the time into developing you as opposed to just worrying about what is best for us right this second. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Speaking of things that there's something to be said for, Forbes just put out their highest paid athletes in the world from May 1st of last year till May 1st of this year. Many names that you would assume to see. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant's at 10 with 75 million. Tom Brady's at nine with 76. Uh, you got Roger Federer, a few of the soccer guys. LeBron's at five with 96 and a half. Who do you think's number one? There are two names on this list that shocked me. Number one and number four. Number one. The number one highest paid athlete in the world. In the last calendar year, from May 1st, 2020, till May 1st, 2021. I don't know. It's Conor McGregor by $50 million. Holy shit. He made $180 million in that calendar year. Wow. And fought twice. Now, is this made in the sport, no, or is this, this just is the highest paid athlete in the world? So this is endorsements. This okay, is everything. Right. That is still surprising that he's number oh, one it's in gotta the be, world. It's got to be the whiskey company. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. That's where It's got to be where he made all that money. Because he's $50 million ahead of everybody else. Right. And he fought two times. And I'm not even... Was the first fight even in that window? I, I think the first fight was before that. The Cowboy Cerrone yeah. fight? I want to say that was earlier than it that. It might have been. He might have so only had the Gagey fight once, right? And lost. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I, I feel like that's something that shouldn't <laughs> be lost on anybody. He fought one time and he lost. Yeah, but he's a he is a brilliant marketer. You have to give him that. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it very much so. Then there's number four that 
also shocks me. Who is it? Dak Prescott. He's number four? Dak Prescott is number four at $107.5 million. Well, he did get like a $100 million signing bonus. It, was, it wasn't that much. <laughs> and there were a lot of things that went into that signing bonus. Yeah. I'm still shocked that he's that high. Mm-hmm. The only ones ahead of him are Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Conor McGregor. Whew, I didn't know Campbell's suit paid that much. I didn't either. By the way, the, the Cowboys Cerrone fight was January of last year. Yeah. That didn't even count. Right. Because it was May 1st to May 1st. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott's made $107.5 million in one year. That is insanity. $11 million more than LeBron James. I never would have guessed it. I, I'll be honest with you. I saw it and went, yep, that's the one I'm telling. That's that story right there because my mouth was tangibly open. Wow. I still want to know where Conor McGregor made all that money. It's, it's got to be the whiskey company. That's that's what I would assume. He, sure, he certainly didn't make it off the UFC. He saved all that money by not giving to Gagey's charity. That's what it was. That's entirely that's possible. <laughs> Speaking of UFC fights, we have confirmed who Francis Ngannou's next fight is. Okay. Who is it? You're thinking it's John Bones Jones? Uh, I mean, I would, I'd like for it to be. It's not. It's not. Very close, too. Really? Yep. Okay. Dana White announced, uh, I guess it was yesterday, that the next fight for Francis Ngannou would be Derek Lewis, the, the rematch. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's exactly how that should go. Mm-hmm. Derek I Lewis. have no interest in watching John Bones Jones fight Francis Ngannou. Why not? I just don't. I, I, it's, a, it's a clashing of styles. I don't think it would be as good a fight as you think it would be. Very rarely do I look at these crossover, oh, I'm going to step up in weight class. Francis Nagano is one of the scariest human beings on planet Earth, no doubt. And I look at John Jones and I go, you've, you haven't fought in quite some time. And I'm not saying you've lost it by any stretch. I think he could come back in and dominate the light heavyweight class, no doubt. But to tell me he's going to step up to heavyweight and and he's going to he's going to throw around with the guy I just watched fight Steve Miocic? Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't believe I believe that. <laughs> I don't think I believe that's going to happen that way. Man, I thought that was one of your dream matches was to Mine? see Bones Jones against Francis Ngannou. Uh, well, it's something that I would like to see, but not for the reason that you're thinking. I think it would have shut him up for first and foremost for John Bones once. Jones. Yes, yeah, because I think he could have taken one real good hook from Francis Ngannou, and we never see him again. Right after this, though, I mean, is there anybody left? That, that will really sell for Francis Ngannou? UFC is so good at developing guys. There are some in the in the weight class that I could see being alluring fights. Yeah, Can I sit here and tell you I know what's going to be the next fight for him? No. Uh, beat gonna, Derek Lewis first. Yeah. If he loses Derek Lewis, I can tell you exactly what the next fight is. Uh, the, that one. That one again. again. Yeah. No doubt it would be that one again. But, I mean, then you get into, like, Alexander Volkov and, and Curtis Blades. I mean, there's not a ready-made no. fight. No. But you're running into that in a lot of the weight classes in UFC. Of There's not a name. Because so many of the names have kind of flamed out. Mm-hmm. You know, Connor. Connor's never going to flame out, but there are people like me that sit around and go, I don't know that he's ever going to be the fighter that you want him to be. Right. 
You know, him fighting Dustin Poirier. Okay, I'll bet yeah. on Dustin Poirier again. Mm-hmm. Exactly like I did the last time. He's trying to climb his way back up to get a shot at this title, and it's I don't think it's ever going to happen for him again. It seems like every weight class that really draws, there's one premier fighter, and for the vast majority, they hold the belt. Yeah. And then you look at, oh, who's going to beat him? And that's how you're going to develop your next rivalry, is somebody's going to catch him, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the guy. We've got another big fight coming up this weekend, isn't it? In UFC 262 this weekend? It is. Michael Chandler. I told you. I told you they were going to try to put a strap on him immediately. Uh, they are. 100% they are. <laughs> and I will be present and accounted for watching this fight. Just his second UFC fight. Of course, he was the champion in Bellator. Yep. He comes in his second fight ever is going to be for the lightweight title. Coming up this Saturday, UFC 262. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. Uh, are you going to take the risk on LeBron James again in the, uh, in the green on green? All right. Glad you changed last night's pick. I did. As soon as LeBron was out. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to nope. take all those points that people bet down, yep. and I'm going to take those on the other side. Knicks plus five and a half paid off last night. What else paid off? We'll tell you next. Coffee's the closers, homie. Get him the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the money. Another 3-1 and Tuesday night. Another free money monkey knife fight. I am 2-0 and on monkeyknifefight.com this week. Bingo. And I'm 5-2 and for the week. Our last show of the week. So, felt like I'd give you four NBA picks and we're going to stick to the basics. What are the two basic principles that I have told you time and time again that will make you money Betting in the NBA right now. Uh, Bet against the Houston. The oh the, the the Houston Rockets. Bingo. Yeah, and the Pacers. Cleveland Cavaliers. No, oh, the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The LA Lakers are an eleven point favorite tonight against the Houston Rockets. I don't care if LeBron James plays. I don't care if Anthony Davis plays. I don't care if Frank Vogel shows up at the arena. I don't care. As long as 10 guys show up wearing Lakers jerseys, this should be a bigger number. It's been bet down. I'll take the Lakers minus the 11. I think they're going to walk the Rockets tonight. Uh, The other team I just said, the Cleveland Cavaliers, are a six-point dog tonight to the Boston Celtics. Do the Cavaliers have anything to play for whatsoever? No. Can you name more than two players on that team as of right now? No. Give me the Boston Celtics minus six. The Brooklyn Nets are a five-and-a-half-point favorite tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. James Harden should return tonight with Kyrie Irving. Those two alone should make this a double-digit spread because the Spurs are not that good. I've heard all the hype. Oh, they're getting back on track. I don't care. The Brooklyn Nets are going to outscore them aggressively. The Spurs play slow. This is easy. Don't overthink it. Nets minus five-and-a-half. Finally, the Washington Wizards are a a six-and-a-half-point dog tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. I told you this one time before. Do I get Russell Westbrook? Yep. Is he still guarded by Trey Young? Yep. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Don't overthink it. I don't just think that the Wizards cover the six and a half. I'll take them in the money line. They went outright. Go and do likewise, gents. Money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. Braun making his comeback tonight with the Los Angeles Lakers, and you're still not still not worried? Nope. Not not a chance. All right. All right, so a 2-0 start to the week on the Monkey Knife Fight free play of the night. 
two free money plays in a row, two winners, take it to the window. <laughs> Collect your money. Go to monkeyknifefight.com today. Create yourself an account if you have not already. Daily fantasy sports props. It's a whole lot of fun, and Jeremy's got the key for success, at least so far this week. He's 2-0. and All you got to do is go online, create your account today, use our promo code TANK, T-A-N-K. They will match your initial investment up to $50 and also give you a $5 free play, which you can use on... What game did I play on Monday? The more or less 3.6x multiplier between the Washington Wizards and the and Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. I'll take more than 27.5 points for Russell Westbrook, more than 27.5 points for Trey Young, and that free money guaranteed already won once this week play of the day will turn your $5 buy-in into an $18 prize. Don't forget, monkeyknifefight.com is the website. Create your account today and use our promo code Tank. Uh, managing expectations. I think this is an important discussion for us to have about the NFL teams going into the schedule release tonight. How you should be feeling about your team going into the season. Don't get over overhyped, but also don't undersell your team. We'll go over it up next. This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm... I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Welcome in to the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM. And 1400 heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, live or on demand. It is NFL schedule release day, and we are going to be in the Wicked Weed studio this evening on YouTube, live with the reactions of the schedule release as it comes out. And uh, not only are they the sponsor of the YouTube studio, but also they are sponsors of this second hour of the program. Check them out at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink. Different. I fully plan on drinking different during the schedule release. Yes. I'm so looking forward to that. I am too. I'll be honest with you. I love... One of my favorite things about doing this is the interaction we have with people we don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I love the people that we do know. And I've become very good friends with people that I've never met before in my life. Talk to them on social medias. A couple of them have randomly gotten my phone number, which I I don't know how that (laughs) happened, but I don't ask questions. Uh one of the things I love about things like tonight is that this is an organic thing that we're going to be watching exactly the same way that you are. Yeah, and we're, we take questions. It, it almost becomes like a bunch of a bunch of people just sitting around a bar stool talking about sports. Yep, and I'm a big fan of that. That was kind of mine and your vision when we started mm-hmm. doing the morning show mm-hmm. because it's so hard to interact in this show. We have we have to cram so much content because by the end of the day, so many things have happened. Things from the night before, things coming up the night ahead, and it gives us the opportunity to do that, which right. I 
always enjoy. Uh, we love taking comments uh, during the YouTube show. We will we will shout you out. We'll put your uh, put your handle out there if you want us to. Whatever, uh, we will answer your questions live on the air. It is a whole lot of fun. We did this for three days during the NFL draft, and it was such a success. And uh, everybody in the sportsocracy community loved it so much that they have asked us to do more of this. So we're going to continue to do more of this. Uh, NFL schedule releases. We're going to be doing uh, games throughout the season just sitting back and watching the same game together and giving you our uh, you know our rolling uh drunk fest <laughs> well <laughs> no, that it, makes it sound bad yeah that it's did not it that bad. bad it's not that bad what, what i'm saying is it's just you know it, it's it's not just gonna be what you hear on the television with you know chris collinsworth and uh, you, you know. will not hear me say now here's a guy that plays but, football i mean you that's, will you will hear him say now here's a guy several times that's usually during the draft but <laughs> i've retired that phrase until next march <laughs> well that's good um but yeah it's just that's the kind of feel that we wanted to add to all of this is just you know a bunch of friends hanging out in a bar watching this stuff together and you know some of us know more than others about things and if you've That's ever okay. wanted to yell back at us, oh yeah, like we say something and you want to just say, "Hey, you're a moron." Yeah, this is a great way. This to is do a it. great way to do it, and yeah. we gr- we totally encourage that. Yeah, we'll be live tonight uh, at eight ish. <laughs> no, <laughs> tonight we we, tonight will not be eight ish uh, because if we miss things, it's going to be really hard to catch. Don't up. say it's going to be on the early side of that. We may not hit it at seven thirty for a full pregame show, but we will be on the oh, air yeah, before say, eight o'clock. Yeah, then say seven thirty ish because that's what we're actually striving for. Yeah. Uh, you know, ish. The the beauty of YouTube is that you know there's not like commercial breaks and things like that. Right. So it, if it's seven thirty four, it's seven thirty four. Uh, the schedule release is tonight. The full thing's going to come out. We've been here. We've been seeing little droplets here and there of games that are going to happen throughout the season. Um, we've got the triple header on Thanksgiving of the Bears and the Lions, the Bills and the Saints, the Cowboys and the Raiders. We got uh, apparently a double header on Christmas. I can't wait. With the Browns and the Packers and the Colts at the Cardinals. Uh, I know on Halloween, um, the Saints are going to play the Bucks in the Superdome on Halloween. That's going to be fun. Oh, that will be a uh, that that will be a something. Tom Brady's going to make his return to Foxborough. That's going to be fun. I can't wait Week to see Week four that. on Sunday night football. That's one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing. That's see. the only thing that scares me about it. It's a primetime game. And, and we all know Tommy, yeah, we all know Tommy likes to go night-night. <laughs> uh, it's Tommy's bedtime. Although when the championship was on the line, he figured it out. <sighs> I, I need this football season to get here. <laughs> because I need the, oh, he figured it out. I need that to be done. I need you to take a couple L's in that first month. Bring get me back little, down to get earth. Get a little humble back in you, and then we could just proceed right. forward. This is this is true, because pretty much since what week fourteen, I was, I'll admit, I was I was a little insufferable. Was yeah. When, when was was? <laughs> I'm talking about nine minutes ago. Oh come on! Fire those cats! By golly, get more powder in those. If I hear that one more time. I'm a, don't do Here's it. The I, button. I will throw. <laughs> I will throw something at you. Uh, we got the full week one schedule. Apparently, just a couple have trickled out on week two, Thursday night, second week or second week of the season. That Thursday night game is going to be the Giants and the football team in Washington. 
the Broncos and the Jaguars on Sunday, the 49ers oh. at the Eagles. I like which is, how, which is I like curious. how they're getting these out of the way so we don't have to talk about them tonight. Right. Um, which which is kind of curious because that's that means two straight trips to the Eastern Time Zone for the 49ers to start they're out the season. They're doing that more and more. Yeah. Now, to start the season, that's rare. Right. But they're doing a lot more of West Coast teams. If they have to come East twice, they just do it in the same two-week period, and nine times out of ten, they just stay on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Then you get acclimated as a... <clears throat> As a gambler, it takes away one of the very few advantages that we have, which is West Coast teams coming east. Will Harbaugh let the, the 49ers stay there in uh, Ann Arbor so they don't have to go all the way back? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear how that call goes. <laughs> uh, second Monday night game of the of the year is going to be the Lions. Yeah, that's right. I said it. On Monday night? On Monday night football, the Lions... At the Green Bay Packers on week two. I feel like they did that. I feel like they did that wrong. Yeah. I feel like they said Minnesota Vikings wrong. <laughs> hey, ESPN, you got the wrong team. It's not too late to unwind this. Right. You got four more hours. But going into this season, I feel it's just, you know, our duty to prepare you for, for what we believe that you're going to be looking at going into the year. Uh, I went. I've gone through and prepared myself. I've already done all of my prognostications pre-schedule for how I think the season's going to shake out this year. Uh, you went back and checked our prognostications for last year. I did. Um, how much more badly did I do than you? How much more? Yeah, I, you did as more badly as grammar was in that sentence. You is incredible dumb. You sounds <laughs> we sounds incredible dumb. I uh, you didn't do that much worse than me. My bads were bad. The problem is that you followed me right down the rabbit hole on some of those bads. Uh, we were bad on the Jets. Obviously. We were bad. We, we were spot on on New England. I was dead on Houston. Listening to me talk about Houston last year, I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, literally, the only way I could have been more right about that is if I would have said, your quarterback's going to get into some weird legal trouble. Yeah. If I would have said that at the end, that's the only way I would have been more accurate. <laughs> Um, I hit more directly than you did. You were within one of more teams than I was. Okay. Would you like to hear some of the teams that we missed aggressively? Yeah, give us give us some examples uh, here. The San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, uh, that they was... won. They won six games last year. Yeah, nobody. Could we both said they were going to win eleven. Uh huh. Injuries. Yeah. You know that's that's the one thing of the prognostications and looking at the schedule and uh, you know like he said we're going to be putting out our schedule breakdown for every team in the NFL on the YouTube channel over the course of the next two days. They'll mm-hmm. all be out by Friday. Uh, the one thing we cannot plan for is injury. No. I mean, I was say- it a little predictable that Jimmy Garoppolo would go down? Mm-hmm. Yes. Was it predictable that half the team would be on IR by the end of the year? No. No. I'll, st- uh, I'll still stand by that. A team that I was more off on than you was Seattle. Yeah. I was you were just, down on I, them. Well, I... You know, and everybody said I was so down on them. I still had them at eight wins. It's not like I said they were going to be four and twelve. No, but I mean, everybody considered them Super Bowl contenders well, going and, into last year, uh-huh. and then uh-huh. eight wins. And, and here's the thing: uh, the Arizona Cardinals were not quite as good as we thought they were going to be. Nope. And the Forty ers whole team uh, was on IR. Ooh, how close did I get on the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, you were two off. I was one off. Really? They won eight games. You had them at six. I had them at nine. Okay. I was thinking you went a little too, 
too much on that, but that now, was after the, the season fun, started. And, and that's one of the funny things that I learned because I listened to the whole episode last year where we we went through and picked every team. Mm-hmm. I was lambasted for being so low on Seattle. How can you not think this team? You're so stupid. I had one game between them and the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. What I was saying is that I'm higher on the Cardinals to what everybody else is, and I'm lower on the on the uh, Seahawks than I am to what everybody else is. Mm-hmm. I didn't four, say they were going to be four and twelve. You no, know, but four games is a lot. I, I had them at eight. They won twelve. Right. Uh, Sacred time. You only had them at ten. So it's not like you were drastically like. <laughs> not like I said four and you said twelve. Right. You were right there with me. Right. Uh, you hit Chicago perfectly. Nice. I was I was a little off on Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was a little basically the whole AFC or NFC North outside of Minnesota and Green Bay. I was basically spot on with those two. Okay. Uh, another team we were we were not down enough. We were not down enough on the Falcons, mm-hmm. and I was too down on the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. I had them going. <clears throat> Two and fourteen. Yeah. Well, they only went five and eleven. Yeah. So not, no, don't make it sound like I. Said. Yeah, but they were so much better than that. I honestly do feel like the Panthers were better than that. Like I look at that record and go, they were five and twelve last year. That was way better than a five and twelve team. I, I they will, just couldn't get into the end zone. I will tell you where I'd beat you aggressively. Yeah. The fourteen teams that made the playoffs last year, I had eleven of them. Nice. Care to take a stab at the ones that I got wrong? It's so obvious. What AFC team am I always down on? They have a quarterback that really gets under my skin. Oh, the Cleveland Browns. There's one. Yeah. Uh, the two NFC teams, I had San Francisco and I had uh, I had San Francisco and I had Dallas in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it was actually, team. I missed the football team and I missed the Bears. Mm-hmm. That was the only three that I missed. That's pretty good. Yep. That is pretty, pretty good. Um, I was six of seven in the AFC, which you, I'm by the way, pretty proud of, and I picked almost exactly the same teams, and I feel pretty good. It's going to happen. By the again. way, since since I just men- mentioned the Carolina Panthers and how I felt that they were better than five and twelve, and the problem was that they just couldn't get into the end zone. Did you see what Teddy Bridgewater had to say on uh, Patrick Peterson's podcast? No, I did not. He went on the podcast and he said uh, that. Well, here, as an organization, there's things that you can do better. I'll just say this for Joe Brady's growth. That organization, they'll have to practice different things in different ways. One thing we didn't do much of when I was there, we didn't practice two-minute, really. We didn't practice red zone. So they didn't practice a two-minute drill. They didn't practice red zone plays all that much. He says, you walk through the red zone stuff, and then Saturday you come out and practice and practice red zone. But you'd only get like 15 live reps. Guys' uh, reps would be limited. He says, I understand the nature of the business is that it's a performance-based business, and so I understand why I'm not with the Carolina Panthers anymore. But that was the one thing that he was criticized for last year, was that he had all these great stats. He had the passing yardage. He had 70% completions. But they couldn't get in the end zone. He only threw, like, what, 11 touchdowns or something like that. That surprises me to say that they don't do, that they didn't do enough two minute, enough red zone things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's universal with every coach. It's the two most important things you do. Yep. And so he that's, says a, they didn't that's, practice a, that's an interesting dynamic. Mm hmm. 
I agree. I like when guys leave and they're honest, but they're not spiteful. Right. Like, you, he could have like th- thrown people under the bus. 100%. Yeah. And he didn't. And I'll be honest with you. I, you know, I've thrown a lot of, I'm, and people call it shade of what I throw at Teddy Bridgewater. I just think he's a limited guy. I, and there are probably 15 quarterbacks in the NFL that I feel the exact same way about. Yeah. I'll be really honest with you. I look at Kirk Cousins. I look at Teddy Bridgewater. And I look at Matt Ryan. They're all three the same guy. At this point, they're all three the same guy. All right. They do, they go about it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan's going to throw up otherworldly stats. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can lead you to wins. And that's the problem I have with the other two as well. I think you have to put great supporting cast around them, and they can be the guy that just doesn't screw something up. Mm-hmm. I think there are very limited quarterbacks in the NFL that are going to win you games. Okay, That's why I was so fond of Carolina going to get Sam Darnold. I think he can be that guy. I think in terms of talent, three years from now, we could be talking about, well, Sam Darnold is one of the ten most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. It mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me in the least. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance. And Justin Fields, for that matter. Okay. <clears throat> Notice I left out Mac Jones. Because <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't feel the same way don't about him. don't feel the same way about him. Uh, going into this season, though, I want to ask you this question. Who do you think is the team that is going to have the biggest letdown this year in the NFL? The biggest letdown? Yeah. Whether, right, it be a, you, whether it be a good team from last year that's not going to do as well as they did last year or whether it be a, a team that's going to have massive expectations thrown on them and they just won't be able to live up to it. Now, are you talking about the way the team feels about the team or the way the fan base feels about the team? Fan base, because I want I want fans to go into the into this schedule release tonight thinking, you know, just where their mindset should be. Should they be expecting great things, or should their expectations be a little tempered? Team that I will say is going to regress more than you think is in the AFC. I'll say the Tennessee Titans. Okay, New England Patriots are a really close second. Pittsburgh Steelers are a really close third. In the NFC, it's the New Orleans Saints, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. I feel like team like fans of the Saints still feel like this is a nine and eight, ten and seven team. It's not under any circumstances. Yeah, uh, my NFC team this year, most disappointing team. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's the Seattle Seahawks. And I could easily see that one. Mm-hmm. The AFC team for me. You can't not say New England. Can I can't. You? I you can't, can't not, not say, say New England. England. I, I I was searching. I was trying to find another you team to throw to in there. Any other one? Any other team I possibly could. It's and I'm going to be, be the New England. I'm going to be honest with you. I knew you were going to say New England when mm-hmm. you asked me that. Mm-hmm. I almost had to make up Tennessee just for it not to be New England. <laughs> right. And my philosophy on Tennessee is very simple. I think Arthur Smith had way more to do with how good that team was than people give him credit for. So Arthur what? Smith's the mad scientist of this offense. Right. For me to think that you had two of those on the staff, it's kind of hard for me to believe. Yeah. So why are these the teams that we are uh, we are saying are going to be the biggest uh, letdowns of the season? We'll tell you up next right here on ESPN Asheville. The Sports Tank. We treat star athletes better because they're better people. That's not fair. Life isn't fair, kiddo. Get used to it. 
Welcome back into the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer, and he's Jeremy Green. And the NFL schedule release coming up tonight. Don't forget to join us live on YouTube. We'll be giving instant uh, live reactions to the schedule release tonight. Uh, we'll be hitting the air at 7.30ish on the YouTube. Uh, go subscribe to the channel now, and you'll know exactly uh, when we go on the air. Every time we go on the air. Live from the Wicked Weed studio. Um, we're talking about teams, you know, tempering your expectations or having just a level head about where your team is going into the NFL schedule release tonight. Before the break, Jeremy and I both gave you our uh, teams that we think are going to be the biggest disappointments in this season. Now, in the AFC, I have chosen the New England Patriots just because I can't, I can't think of another team that people are so just drunk on Bill Belichick and Cam Newton and the th- it's oh it's going to work he's got weapons now they reloaded in the offseason with free agency yeah but this team's still not good yeah and that's the thing is that i think people look at the oh they reloaded with free agents let me be real honest with you about something uh here's who they play at home obviously the three the three in the division yep. the jets the dolphins the bills yep they get the jaguars which you know that shouldn't be a problem and they get the Saints, which should also not be a problem. The other four are the Titans, the Bucks, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. That's four losses pretty much any way you draw it up. Bingo. There's, there's really not another way to look at that. Mm-hmm. Then you look at the away. you got Carolina and Atlanta. I think they probably are going to lose one of those two. Mm-hmm. I've got them losing Carolina. As do I. You get the Texans. That should be a win. And then you get the Colts and the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I don't like you against either of those teams. I don't either. I went one through. of them. You're going West Coast. That's not good. That, that it's much less of a problem to go East Coast than East to West than West to East. Mm-hmm. It's still a problem. Yeah. Um, I went through and did all of my win loss projections. I've got the New England Patriots next year last in the division at six and twelve. Yeah, at six and eleven or yeah, seventeen games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing. I've gone through it, and I've tried to have the rosiest rose-colored glasses on that I could possibly have. I have tried to think uh, as as Ben Affleck, Bostonian as I can. I cannot find a way that they're not a below 500 team. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't find a way and do it with clear conscience. Because you're not beating the Bills either time. I don't see a path to it. Mm-hmm. I think you will beat Miami, one of the two. Mm-hmm. I think you will beat the Jets, one of the two. Mm-hmm. That puts you two and four in the division. Uh, now I need you to understand that of uh, of your 17 games, four of the games in the division are four of your 10 softest games on the schedule. That's not a good sign. This is one time that I look at New England and go, you are going to get thumped mm-hmm. by the schedule. And then I look at my Jets and go, everything <laughs> broke right for us. Uh, it did. Uh, we we went through the actual schedule layout uh, because it's one of the, uh, you know, solely for the purposes of the New, New York Jets documents that got leaked out on the Internet today. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I, I do believe there are 10 winnable games on that schedule. I don't think you'll win all 10 of those winnable games, though. I got you at 8 and 9. Eight and nine's the best I can give you, and, and, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you tell me you go from two and fourteen to eight and nine. Uh, Rob Salak, coach of the year. <laughs> There's there, that is no lie. You are right about that. Uh, in the NFC, my most uh, disappointing team this year, I am predicting, is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. They did nothing 
to really improve that team greatly over the offseason. Um, I mean, they have signed a couple of pieces for the offensive line, but they didn't really address the problem of Russell Wilson's going to be running for his life again. Mm-hmm. And I don't like their schedule. No, it's the, it's not pretty. Their their schedule doesn't pan out well for them, and the best that I could come up with uh, was I got them at 7-10. and 10. And they're in last place in the division because every other team in that division is just so darn good. And that's the problem is that you're in a division where you're the worst team in the division, and I don't think it's even debatable. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I look at that division and say, yes, you don't have the worst quarterback. I, you, and I could argue you have the best quarterback. Oh, absolutely. And then it's really hard for me to say you're better than any other team in the division at anything else. Oh, at wide receiver, I think they've... I think they've got the best crew. You've got two. Uh, um, yeah, you got Tyler Lockett and DJ Met- or DK Metcalf. I mean, you have one of the best one-two punches at wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's a lot of, I hope that's good. You're still starting <laughs> Brandon Shell on the right side, and that, that the interior of that line that was a problem last year is still a problem. And by the way, this is what happens when you do things like trading for Jamal Adams. Yeah, you want to know why I'm never a fan of trading high end draft capital for any player? Exactly what's happened to the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. You gave up three premium pieces of draft capital. Do you not think they would like to have had the 23rd pick in this draft? Mm-hmm. Don't think Tevin Jenkins would have made this team a little bit better. Don't think having that third round pick to add oh I don't know pass rusher, maybe right, maybe a linebacker. Maybe another corner. Mm-hmm. Don't think that would have made this team better. Oh, good. You have Jamal Adams. You've got this. You've got a safety that didn't contribute to winning in New York. So why did you think he was going to do it here? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not a fan of giving up draft capital ever. Quarterbacks, draft picks. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm not trading premium picks for anything else. I think I I might have been too harsh on Seattle at seven and ten. But I don't see anything better than eight and nine. I mean, I'm right there with because they're because I mean, I mean, just their away schedule. I've got them going five and three at home, and then I got them going two and seven on the road because they have to, you know, obviously go to all three in the division. They got to go to the Packers. They got to go to the Colts. They got to go to the Steelers. They got to go to the football team. To me, those are all losses. Maybe the Steelers. Maybe the Steelers game could be a win, and that brings them to eight. And and that's and if you want to know why we're so revved up about the schedule release, it's because you look at the raw opponents there and you go, "That could be ugly." Mm -hmm. I mean, if you stack three of those in in a month, Mm -hmm. that's an ugly month. Mm -hmm. And you go one in a three in a month. Nine times out of ten, that season's going to come careening right off the tracks, (laughs) especially if it's September, right? You go tell me if they've got to, uh, you know, go on the road back to back against the Washington football team and the Pittsburgh Steelers. That that's going to go well for Seattle. And, and that's a lot of what we're going to be doing tonight mm-hmm. is looking at, you know, quarterbacks that you play three, four games in a row, road swings, all of those things. And we're going to look at who got an advantageous schedule, like my New York Jets, because mm-hmm. we've already seen it. I think, <laughs> yeah. And then who was done no favors. Mm-hmm. Your most disappointing teams uh, in the NFC, you picked who? Uh, who did I pick in the NFC? New Orleans Saints. <laughs> the New Orleans Saints. Uh, easy, drew, no Drew Brees. 
I just I can't see how you go from I mean, even though he was forty one years old and he when he was hurt. I don't see how you go from that to Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. who had elite weapons in Tampa Bay and was still bad. Yeah, he threw for a ton of yards. He also turned the ball over like a madman. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, your uh, your your non division schedule for the New Orleans Saints. Let's is, just run it it's down here. So gross. The Buffalo Bills, the Lost. Dallas Cowboys, Lost. the Green Bay Packers, Lost. the Miami Dolphins, Lost. the New York Giants, Lost. Uh, the. New York Jets Maybe on the road. Uh, you you got to go on the road to the New England Patriots. Lost. You got to go on the road to Seattle. Lost. Tennessee. Lost. And Washington. Lost. That is a rough schedule. I mean, it's brutal. The New Orleans Saints, I've got pegged at 4-13. and 13. Yeah, the, the New Orleans Saints are my this year's Houston Texans. <laughs> uh, they've been good for so long that people don't want to embrace that it's getting ready to come off the skids. Mm-hmm. And it's not Sean Payton's fault. You bu- you prop this team up exactly like Tampa Bay and exactly like Kansas City is doing right now to stay in the title window. Well, when that title window closes, it comes down and it comes down aggressively, and it doesn't reopen easily. All right, you're gonna have to do a lot of convincing for me on the Tennessee Titans because I'm still a believer in that system. I'm not I'm, a, I'm not not a believer in the team. Mm-hmm. I'll, after we're after we get weird, I'll I'll tell you what my problem with the Titans is. Okay. On the weird scale, there's Vegas. There's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, Jeremy, when I say there is a city in the country that has a big rat problem, what's the first city that comes to your mind? New York. New York City. That's exactly the first one that came to my mind as well. Um, This was kind of a shocker to me. Chicago. That does not surprise me. Chicago, with all their... Apparently, they have a massive rat problem. If you have a subway, you have a rat problem. Almost, period. That's a good point. Um, Pest control company Orkin listed uh, the Windy City, Chicago, as one of its rattiest cities. Actually, it was number one on the rattiest cities in America list for six consecutive years. So, what do you do to fix a rat problem? Bring in uh, Tom. Mm-hmm. Tom whole, and Jerry. A whole bunch of them. A whole bunch of Toms. They're bringing in uh, Treehouse Humane Society has now kicked off a program uh, that... What, what is the name of the program? Uh, the Cats at Work program. They are taking in feral cats. They are uh, fixing them. They're spaying and neutering them, and they are releasing over a thousand feral cats onto the streets of Chicago to try to get rid of the rat problem. I feel like that's a little aggressive. Uh, that that's that that's one way to do it. <laughs> uh, they're just turning out these. Uh, these cats, so they take them in, they spay and neuter them. If they can't find a home, a forever home for them, and they can't be, uh, this says, if they can't be uh, taken back into their colonies, I didn't realize that that was a thing with cats. I did not either. Uh, but if they are not accepted back into their colonies, then they're just being released out onto the streets to, con- to, to fix the rat problem in Chicago. What do you do to fix the cat problem? 
I feel like this is just pushing. I feel like it's kicking a can down the road, and eventually that becomes a bad thing. Because mm-hmm. eventually you're just going to have a whole bunch of cats just hanging out. Well, the good thing is that they're, they're at least spaying and neutering, so hey. they're not going to reproduce. At least they're not multiplying cats. Yeah, so once the feral cats are out there and uh, they do their job and eat as many rats as they can, then they're going to die off. So, say la vie. I have two weird stories today, <laughs> and I think they're both hilarious. Multiple 911 calls were made uh, on the San Francisco Bay Area Freeway Monday, and it led to the arrest of Param Sharma. He's a 25-year-old motorist. He was arrested for reckless driving and disobeying a peace officer. And you think, what could he possibly have done that would get him arrested driving down the road? Well, that's the problem. He wasn't driving. He was sitting in the back seat of his Tesla, which was driving itself. Oh, nice. Multiple motorists called to say that there was a car driving itself, and the occupant of the car was sitting in the back playing on his cell phone. I feel like that's not a good idea. <laughs> Apparently, there is uh, Tesla has an autopilot system that certain motors, motorists are being allowed to use. No report as to whether uh, Mr. Sharma was one of those or not. Uh, but when asked for a comment, he gave maybe the most annoying d- d- phrase I've ever heard in my life. Okay. He said, I don't drive and I don't fill up, gla- uh, fill up gas. I am a gold collar, saying that he's above blue collar people and so he won't drive his own car. Oh. When he can't find a driver, he'll let the car drive itself. Oh. He said even though he was arrested and charged, he will continue to do this. Which makes me hope he gets arrested a whole bunch more times. Absolutely. Speaking of people getting arrested for doing dumb things, <laughs> this is one of the most bizarre things you will ever hear in your life. Audrey Francesquini. No, no clue if I said that right. You did it great. But that's how it's spelled. Mm-hmm. Was arrested after a stunt Monday at American Senior High School in my in the area of Miami. She's a 28-year-old woman, and she wanted to promote something for herself. And so she went to the high school. She started handing out flyers, started posting things on bulletin boards. She even had a skateboard with her to make herself look more like a student. Mm. Would you like to find out? Would you like to know what it was she was promoting? Oh, was she? A, let me guess. She was promoting her OnlyFans account. No, but you're close. <laughs> it's even worse. Oh, it's actually no. worse than that. She was promoting her Instagram account. Oh gosh. As a 28 year old woman at a high school, mm-hmm. she was chased through the halls. They managed to lose her four times. At which point, she kept handing out flyers to students so they would. Follow her Instagram page. Wonderful. In what can only be described as a great piece of karma, she was arrested, uh, taken to, I can't see the name of the facility. Uh, She was arrested for, I know one of them was evading a law officer, non-violently evading, there it is, burglary, interfering with a school function, and resisting arrest without violence. None of those things sound good. And that's what she was. She was arrested for promoting her Instagram account. Yeah. Now that you've said OnlyFans, I wish that was what it was. And I'm angry at myself that I didn't think of that. <laughs> you got because it. that would have actually been worse. It would have been I worse. I will give you that. That would have been worse. Uh-huh. I just want to know, in what universe do you say that to yourself? 
I'm going to print up a series of flyers to promote my Instagram page. That in and of itself is a level of self-absorbed that I can't wrap my head around. And that's coming from two people who have a two-hour radio show and use our social medias almost exclusively to promote ourselves. Yep. I We're even looking at this going, that's self-absorbed to the highest extreme. It is. But then let's just take that stupid idea and go, well, that's bad. But how could you make it worse? Oh, I got it. Let's take the Flyers to a high school during a school day. That's brilliant. Right. Like they're not going to notice a 28-year-old woman walking around with a skateboard. See, that's the thing. You gave yourself something that would make you stand out in the crowd. That would make you go, hey, I've never seen that kid before with a skateboard. That doesn't look like a... That, why that does it look like a child. That that kid looks rather old. <laughs> uh, it's by, like the Joe Rogan joke about the guy in high school and his and the undercover cop was posing as his girlfriend to get, her, get him to sell her weed. Yeah. Like, this is kind of along the same lines. You'd know the difference, right? I think I feel like most of us know the difference between a 28-year-old woman and an 18-year-old girl. My favorite line in this story is the last line. I'm sharing both of these on my Twitter, by the way, at ESPN. Records did not list the lawyer for Frances Queenie, but she did post her arrest photo on, on her, her Instagram, Instagram page. Nice, beautiful ending to that story. All right, so tell us what is wrong with the Tennessee Titans, before we get uh, something to chew on with Caleb here. Uh, here's the thing. With with Tennessee, you're going to take a regression because Arthur Smith was the guy that got the most out of Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that you're going to that you're gonna strike lightning on that twice. It's, it's just borderline impossible for me to believe. Not because I don't – I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Mike Vrabel and, and Todd Downing are going to be able to put a decent enough offense together. Mm-hmm. Arthur Smith was like the mad scientist of this with the play actions and the things like that. And you also don't have any receivers. I look at the, I look at this team and go, you're so your plan here is to have AJ Brown with Josh Reynolds and Des Fitzpatrick, who you took in the fourth round from Louisville. That's your receiver plan with no discernible plan at tight end. You're going to play Anthony Ferkser. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you had Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, and now they're gone, and you replaced them with a fourth-round rookie that you traded up to get, and you took him too high. The fourth receiver from the Rams, and Anthony Ferkser. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then I look at who they play. Have you looked at the Titans' schedule? I have. Do, do you realize that everything out of the division is brutally tough? They don't play the worst team they play by a long shot is the New York Jets. Two is New England, and three is probably the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's the Cardinals, Bills, Chiefs, 49ers, Rams, Seahawks. Uh. <laughs> That's one of those, like, I don't care what order you put that in. Uh-huh. It's not going to be good. Okay. You're down on the Titans. I'm not. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're really going to skip a beat. You, oh, I do. Oh, I 100 percent think they're going to skip a beat. They won 11 games last year. Mm-hmm. I will bet you a dollar to a donut they're not going to do that this year. It's under. Even with an extra game, they're still not going to win 11 games. Right. That's with four gimmies in your own division. Because they're going to beat Jacksonville. They're going to beat Houston sideways twice. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And I still don't think they get to 11 wins. I think they're going to struggle to get to nine. I don't. That's the team that I'm telling you. They made the playoffs last year. I don't think they're going to make it this year. Hmm. I got them right there at the top of the division with the Indianapolis Colts this year, and I think uh, both those teams are going to be over 10 wins. And I think the talent's still there. Mm-hmm. I think the mixture of a new system, losing the the Tannehill whisperer in, in uh, Arthur uh, Smith. Arthur Smith. Yeah, that's going to hurt. I think all of those things together, that's enough. With how many good teams there are in the AFC, I think that's enough to keep you out of the playoffs. All right, more coming up next here on ESPN Asheville. First, we got something to chew on with Caleb Big. Another hump day here on ESPN Asheville. Another chew on that. Brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. I'm Caleb Peak. Let's jump right into it. Mark Shimura, the tight end. Bennett, the lone setback. Two tight ends set up for the Packers and far back to throw his first one. Going deep. Has a man open. Andre Risen does the dance in, and Favre got settled down in a hurry. That is a way to settle down. Always good to hear John Madden's voice at the end of that clip. This was the moment that Brett Favre became a legendary piece of NFL history. Super Bowl 31, January 26, 1997. And a lot of folks think the iconic shot of Favre sprinting off the field with arms raised and helmet in hand was a game-ending championship-winning play to take the Lombardi. It was actually the first touchdown pass of the day for Favre, just five minutes into the game, as he found Andre Risen on a 64-yard strike for six points, and Andre Risen turned around with the Dirty Bird on cue. Still, that was the most iconic moment for the Green Bay Packers since the Bart Starr days of the mid-60s, and it set into motion the Green Bay bandwagon that a lot of so-called fans would hop on over the next 16 years. Yeah, for a minute there, Brett Favre was, well, Tom Brady. He was everywhere, on every television screen in America, and at least on the national stage, number four could do no wrong. He was the face of American football. But slowly, the standout kid out of Southern Miss, who along with Jerry Rice reminded the nation that the state of Mississippi does in fact exist, is becoming a prime example of what not to do with a Hall of Fame career once it's over. Talking too much and doing too little. Keep in mind, I came up in a sports world where Brett Favre and all the others, Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Tiger Woods, etc., were king. I'm now living in a world where athletes, particularly inactive ones, are crashing back down to earth in the minds of fans. And one of the things that really, really sets people off is when a multimillionaire doesn't pay his bill. What's even worse is defending your decision to not pay that bill. In case you missed it, Brett Favre owes his home state of Mississippi $600,000 in payments he collected for scheduled speaking engagements that he never bothered to make an appearance at. The total invoice had been for $1.1 million, factoring in another $500,000 payment he had received in December 2017 for events where he was scheduled to speak but failed to show. Reportedly, Favre paid the 500 large back to the Magnolia State after an audit in May 2020 exposed his failure to provide services already paid for. After that payment, Favre made a verbal commitment to repay the remaining 600 thou over a series of monthly installments to the state of Mississippi, a promise that state officials are now saying Favre hasn't even begun to keep. It needs to be said here that Brett Favre isn't on trial for anything at this point. He hasn't been charged with any kind of crime, and as far as anyone can tell, his problems at this point are strictly on the civil side of the law. However, Favre is worth roughly $100 million. 
Let's get this out of the way right now. Money is no object for him. If he wanted to take care of this in an above-board way, he could have easily done so before any national media picked up the story. Number two, Favre has in the past, defended not asking questions about where the money was coming from. Insider.com has reported that Favre once said as a guest on an ESPN radio show that he didn't ask any question about the payments. The only problem with that is, had Brett asked even the most basic question about his revenue stream, he could have learned that the $1.1 million he was due came from a $94 million state fund specifically designated for temporary assistance for needy families in Mississippi. You should also know that Mississippi is one of the poorest states in the union where this money will go the furthest. The only reason any of this is an issue for Favre is entirely due to the fact that he dropped the ball. He was supposed to appear at these events. He did not. He got caught, and now he's gone radio silent about how he plans to make amends, even though he could do so right now if he wanted to. And that's the problem I have with all of this nonsense. It doesn't have to be this way. Yet it seems to me that number four is, more than anything, looking for a way to stay relevant. He does publicity-type things like this from time to time. Just go back to the retirement, quote-unquote, that wasn't, which was the final nail, frankly, in the coffin in his relationship with the Green Bay front office. You remember when Brett tweeted about Deshaun Watson that, quote-unquote, we make too much money to voice an opinion? Yeah, that one aged like a tub of cottage cheese. And back in April, when Favre went on another radio show to say that sports fans don't care and don't want to hear athletes weigh in on hot-button issues. NFL Network's Patrick Clayton reminded him on Twitter that he's been guilty of sending uh, um, unsolicited messages, too. Ouch. Covering this is probably a little tougher for yours truly than others because there was no bigger fan of Brett Favre through the 90s and 2000s than the voice you're hearing right now. I loved watching Brett Favre. I had the number four jersey and everything, and I watched in horror as the wheels began to fall off with the lewd images scandal in 2011 and the retirement tour that continued for two teams too long. But even through all that, the Favre legacy was still intact. But this? This is a legacy killer. Again, Brett Favre has not been charged with a crime at this point. But to collect money for work promised but never delivered? Refuse to repay that money when you're good for it a hundred times over and still not address the problem once the national news media gets wind of the story? That's almost too much for me. I'll remember Brett Favre for who he was. The two-time league MVP that brought Green Bay back to the promised land. But I don't have to like who Brett Favre has become. A crotchety old man who hasn't adjusted well to the new way of the world. I'm afraid that from now on, the only news that Brett Favre is going to be making is embarrassing news, both for himself and the ones who still care about him. I'm Caleb Peek. That's something to chew on. Pernicious. Adjective. Having a harmful effect, especially in a gradual or subtle way. Now, Wicked Weed's flagship IPA, winner of a silver medal at the U.S. Open Beer Championships, isn't harmful unless you're a competing IPA. Brewed in the mountains of western North Carolina, Pernicious IPA will destroy your expectations for all others in its class. Pernicious IPA inspires you to enjoy fresh and often. Order up at WickedWeedBrewing.com. Wicked Weed, the official craft beer of East Tennessee State University Athletic. Drink different, drink responsibly. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green, and it is NFL release, schedule release night. It is, and it's so wonderful. <laughs> it is so wonderful. We're so excited, and we can't wait to share it with all of you in the Sportsocracy tonight, live on YouTube. We'll be doing our live reactions just as we did 
for all three days of the NFL draft. It was a whole lot of fun. Come on in, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and uh, join the Sportsocracy community. You know, like we said in the first hour, the objective is this for is for this to be a very interactive, just a bunch of people sitting around talking sports and making jokes, and and that's what we're going to do tonight. We're super excited. Uh, and we will be off for the next two days. That's right. Uh, we're preempted by the Braves on Thursday, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't have <clears throat> someone to make all of these things work on Friday <laughs> because Tank will be in Tennessee That's watching right. his nephew graduate. That's right. Uh, so we're going to be off the next two days here on the program. To, we're going to have all of the sportsocracy content that you can handle over the next two days as we'll be doing each and individual team will have their own video coming out uh, on the YouTube channel with their full schedules, the breakdowns, how we think they're going to finish the season it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, and also tomorrow, I think we're going to sit down after the Braves game. And we're going to do a special live since we're not going to be here on ESPN Asheville. We're just going to do a deep dive into, uh, into our local teams. We'll go deep dive into the Carolina Panthers. Also throw it out there for the Atlanta Falcons fans as well. Yeah. And if there's a team that you pull for, you can yeah. hop in the comments. You can steer the conversation, you know, just. The Braves are. It's another Thursday game, That's and right. we miss you on Thursdays. <laughs> we you know, do, we, especially when we're not here on Fridays. We just we we want to be here for you. Mm-hmm. And so if yeah, if whatever team you want to hear, we'll do deep dives. We can we, we can have a fully interactive afternoon show on the interwebs, right? How much the uh, schedule is going to change our minds on what these teams are going to do in this upcoming season, it can have an effect. Like I said, uh, you know, I didn't think about how favorable the Jets could have gotten a, a look at the schedule. And when we saw the full schedule, I went, wow, there are 10 winnable games on there. Um, but yet again, first knee-jerk reaction I had, I had them at eight. The schedule can matter. Oh, 100%. There's no doubt. There are teams every year that miss the playoffs because of what happens tonight. And there are teams that are in playoff contention that shouldn't be Mm -hmm. because of the schedule that they get. Mm -hmm. This is super important. It's not just (laughs) us being nerds. There's a reason it's all ESPN's talked about all day. Right. And I'm so excited. Yeah. Mary, uh, Mary, schedule us to all and to all a good night. From me, Tank Spencer. And from Jeremy Green, we'll see you in the sportsocracy the rest of this week. See you back here at 3 on Monday on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400.